What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. I hope everyone had a fantastic Labor Day long weekend. We're going to jump right into it because today we're talking about Dina Canteen, formerly known as Dina Manzo. By now, I'm sure you've been made aware that uh, Tommy Manzo Dina Canteen's ex-husband is getting prepared to enter a plea bargain agreement um, in in relations to the assault case that took place back in uh, 2015. So we're going to talk about that more extensively today. Um, I'm going to read you some extract of the indictment paperwork that is available online once again, I will make it available in my Substack. Um, just a reminder, my Substack is housewivesrelatable.substack.com. Um, just a little bit of a trigger warning. You know, some some of the information in the indictment is quite um, it could be triggering for some people. So I can't say it enough. It's if it's not something that you want to listen to, because obviously we're talking about sensitive content here so if this is not something that you're into um you know just fast forward to the next part Um, but i just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer when it comes to all of that so um you know i know a lot of people sometimes they don't want to read the the actual indictment because you know the, the font is small and you know it's a lot a lot of information Uh, I'm just going to take away some of the important pieces that I think um, you guys should know and let me know in the comments, uh, as always, what you think. The ex-husband of one of the stars of the Bravo television show, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and an organized crime soldier were arrested today on charges of planning and carrying out an assault of the Bravo stars current husband in exchange for a lavish wedding reception, U.S. Attorney Craig Carpenito announced. Thomas Manzo, 55, of Franken Lakes, New Jersey, and John Perna, 43, of Cedar Grove, New Jersey, are each charged by indictment with committing a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity and conspiracy to commit a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity. The indictment also charges Perna, identified in the indictment as a soldier in the Lucchese crime family, with conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud related to the submission of a false car entrance claim, and Menzo with falsifying and concealing records related to the federal investigation of the violent crime. Both defendants will make their initial appearances today by video conference before U.S. Magistrate Judge Katie L. Walder. According to the documents filed in this case and statements made in court, in the spring of 2015, Menzo, one of the owners of the Brownstone Restaurant in Patterson, New Jersey, allegedly hired Perna, to assault his ex-wife, then-boyfriend, in exchange of a deeply discounted wedding reception for Perna held held at the upscale venue. Perna, who is a 
made man in the Lucchese crime family with his own crew, worked with his associates to plan and carry out the assault, which took place in July of 2015. In exchange for committing the assault, Perna held a lavish wedding reception at Manzo's restaurant for a fraction of the price, which was paid by another Lucchese associate and close friend of Manzo's. The wedding and reception held in August 2015 were attended by approximately 330 people and included many members of the Lucchese crime family. Separately, prior to the date that Perna was scheduled to begin serving a state prison sentence in January 2016, he falsely reported that his Mercedes-Benz was stolen and destroyed. Perna filed an insurance claim for the destruction of the Mercedes-Benz in order for the balance due on the Mercedes-Benz. However, Perna had staged a vehicle theft and arson with other members of the Lucchese crime family. The charge against Manzo for allegedly falsifying and concealing records related to the federal investigation of the July 2015 assault relates to federal grand jury subpoenas that were sent to the Brownstone restaurant seeking documents related to the August 2015 Perna wedding reception. Manzo failed to turn over relevant documents in response to those subpoenas and and deliberately submitted a false document regarding the reception to the government, along with a false certification. In November 2019, agents with the FBI executed a search warrant at the Brownstone restaurant and seized invoices for the August 2015 Perna wedding reception and other relevant documents that were not previously turned over. The violent crime in aid of racketeering activity count against both defendants carries a maximum potential penalty of 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. The conspiracy to commit the violent crime in aid of racketeering activity count against both defendants carry a maximum potential penalty of three years in prison and a $250,000 fine. The conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud count against Perna carries a maximum potential penalty of 20 years of in prison and a $250,000 fine. The falsifying and concealing records related to a federal investigation count against Menzo carries a maximum potential penalty of 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. U.S. Attorney Carpinito credited Special Agent of the FBI under the direction of Acting Special Agent in Charge Joe Dinahan in Newark with the investigation leading to the charges and arrest. The government is represented by Senior Litigation Counsel 
v. Grady O'Malley and Special Assistant U.S. Attorney Kendall Randolph of the U.S. Attorney's Office Organized Crime and Gangs Unit in Newark. The charges and allegations in the indictment are merely accusations and the defendants are presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. I'm not sure if some of you have seen uh, a copy of the indictment in the Perna Menzel case. It's about 11 or 12 pages. I'm not going to read it all to you right now, but I will read a portion that I thought was uh, interesting in this case. Full disclaimer at this point there, you know, it's a little bit, um, there's sensitive content, um, obviously, because um, there's, some violence involved. So if you don't want to listen to that, you know, you can fast forward to um, the next part. And um, of course, I will have a copy of the full indictment uh, available in my Substacks, housewivesrelatable.substack.com. Okay, so here it is. <clears throat> So it's in the section purposes of the enterprise. The purpose of the enterprise included, but were not limited to the following. A, enriching the members and associates of the enterprise through criminal activity, including among others, crimes of violence, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, drug trafficking, wire and mail fraud, making and collecting, uh, extensions of credit and gambling. Promo B, promoting and enhancing the prestige, reputation, and position of the enterprise with respect to rival criminal organizations. C, preserving and protecting the power, reputation, territory, and criminal ventures of the enterprise through the use of acts in violations of the laws of the United States and the state of New Jersey and D, concealing the activities of the enterprise from law enforcement. Violent crime in aid of racketeering activity. Defendant Thomas Manzo was a co-owner of a restaurant and wedding venue in Pasai County at which defendant John Perna was scheduled to hold a wedding reception on August 16, 2015, the reception. Many of the guests invited to the reception were members of the Lucchese crime family. Defendant Thomas Menzo upset that victim one had an ongoing relationship with his former wife planned to have a violent assault committed on victim one that would leave a permanent facial scar. In or about early 2015, defendant Thomas Menzo, knowing of defendant John Perna's membership in the enterprise and intending that defendant John Perna would use that membership in furtherance of his request offered to hold the reception for free or at a deeply discounted price if defendant John Perna 
would commit or cause to be committed a violent assault on victim one. Defendant John Perna accepted defendant Thomas Menzo's offer and subsequently directed accomplice number one to commit the violent assault on victim one. Accomplice number one agreed to commit the assault because as an associate of the enterprise, he was expected to comply with defendant John Perna's commands and because he intended to maintain and enhance his position with the enterprise as a result. In order to aid and assist in the commission of the violent assault, defendant Thomas Menzo provided defendant John Perna in accomplice number one with personal information about victim one to enable them locate victim one's residence, business addresses, and vehicle so they could assault him. On or about July 18, 2015, Based upon information provided by defendant Thomas Menzo, defendant John Perna, an accomplice one, located victim one and his vehicle, and eventually followed victim one to a strip mall in Passaic County, New Jersey. At the strip mall, defendant John Perna, an accomplice, attacked victim one in the parking lot. Defendant John Perna used a dangerous weapon, namely a slap jack, with the intent to inflict serious permanent injury on victim one. In return for the commission of the violent assault on victim one, defendant Thomas Menzel fulfilled his agreement to hold the reception at a free or discounted price. From at least as early as in or about January 2015, throughout at least on or about August 31st, 2015 in Passaic County, in the District of New Jersey and elsewhere. The defendants, together with accomplice number one and others known and unknown, aiding and abating each other for the purpose of maintaining an increasing position in the Lucchese crime family and enterprise engaged in racketeering activity did knowingly and intentionally assault victim one with a dangerous weapon, contrary to NJSA 2C12-1. So I just wanted to go back to the part uh, in the indictment where it says that on or about July 18, 2015, based upon information provided by the defendant Thomas Menzo, John Perna, and the accomplice, number one, they locate the victim, number one. The victim, number one, uh, would be Dave Kenton and his vehicle and eventually followed him uh, to a strip mall in um, New Jersey. And at the strip mall, they basically uh, proceeded to attack him in the parking lot and um, to assault him. So why I thought that that date was interesting, uh, I don't know if you guys recall, but um, I'm pretty sure Lauren Menzel got married on July 18, 2015. 
And um, if you followed the show Mental with Children religiously, you can see, you know, Caroline does a confessional at some point in time. And she says that, you know, her and Dina kind of address their issues and therefore she's invited to the wedding done. Right. She doesn't really explain what they talked about. She just kind of makes like a blanket or general statement and says, OK, you guys want to know the burning question? Like, is my sister going to come or attend the wedding? Yes, she's going to attend the wedding. And we see Dina very briefly. Uh, she walks down the aisle with her father supporting her father was alive at the time and you know he he kind of walks her to her seat right at the at the church and we also see uh in the footage that tommy menzo who happens to be of course laura menzo's uncle was sitting there in the pews and just like you know looking a little quiet a little somber and i'm not sure if he was I'm not sure if it's the placement of the camera, if he was sitting in front or behind Dina, but I know that we see him uh, on TV, like the, the camera kind of like captures um, his face. So I think that this is very interesting that the first assault on Dave took place um, on the day that Lauren Menzel got married. Okay, so there is a recording um from June 2021. Um, if you follow Albie Manzo, Caroline Manzo's son, he has a podcast named Dear Albie. I have shared some extracts from his podcast uh, before. And um, that particular episode was labeled, Let Me Tell You Something About My Family, which is kind of like playing on the, fam the famous catchphrase um, that Caroline Manzo said to Danielle back in season one of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So in that episode, I'll be, um, you know, he's like talking to himself. There's no guests. His family is not part of the podcast. He just decided to come on and address uh, the issue. So it was around the time that his uncle, Tommy Menzo, was charged with um you know, was arrested, I should say, with um, in, in, in respects to what happened to Dina Canton, formerly known as Dina Manzo and Dave Canton. So I find that I'll be stands. I'm, I'm going to actually play the recording for you guys. It's about 20 minutes long. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have listened to it before. Uh, and if you have not, uh, I think it's very interesting to to listen to Albie's take on the whole thing and uh, if you have already listened to the record the, the recording I think it's a good opportunity again to listen to it again you might catch something that you did not catch uh, the first time when you were listening to it right because you know we tend to listen differently from time to time so the thing that I find very interesting in the way that Albie communicates is I find like my perspective, my perception of him um, sometimes when he's talking about sensitive topics, um, he kind of comes across like he, he, he just wants his mom to be in the clear. It, he wants his mother to be safe. And of course, I understand that that's his mom. He should protect her and all of that. But it seems quite bizarre given um, the fact that the injured party here is not Caroline, but it's Dina. Um, she was the one who was brutally assaulted um, with her husband, who was her boyfriend at the time. So 
Um, the fact that Albi kind of used that opportunity to defend his mother's character because obviously uh, the public did not understand Caroline's decision to um, want to advocate in favor of Tommy Menzo. And I guess Albi's argument was that, you know, this is not the man that we know. Uh, the man that we know does not represent a threat to society, and we just want the process to play out, right? Sounds like a very politically correct answer that you would give, um, you know, when it pertains to someone who's not necessarily close to you. But I understand that Albi has love for his uncle Tommy. That's his uncle from on his dad's side. But um, I don't think that that should... I don't think that he should have less empathy for his aunt, Dina, on his mother's side. I know that the sisters are at odds, but um, at the end of the day, something happened to Dina, not Caroline. So again, it's just my own perspective, like the fact that he just wants to... Um, you know, almost like he, 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 he's coming on the podcast to defend his mother's action, actions because it was not well received by the public at the time. People did not understand and still do not understand until this day. Um, whenever the name like Caroline's name comes up, people are not very kind when it comes to um, Caroline ever since that, um, you know, it was brought up to the public that Caroline wrote a character letter um, in favor of her brother-in-law. And um, there were also allegations that Dolores did the same thing. And Albi does not even talk about Dolores in that recording that I'm about to play you. But he does say that not only Caroline, Caroline was not the only one to write a character letter uh, in favor of Tommy, but a lot of other people did such as, uh, you know, stand-up citizens from, you know, like all, all walks of life, like from priests to like doctors and uh, politicians and things like that, or police. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? So I'm going to play um, the recording for you guys. And as always, let me know what you think in the comment, okay? Because I think that this is very relevant today uh, in light of, you know, the whole situation with the plea bargain. So here it is. Just be today. Um, I want to kind of address a couple of things. Um, I want to actually do this episode the other day. And then the situation kind of continued to evolve. And I, I just kind of watched it, gathered my thoughts on some things. And... Um, it's a weird week, you know. I had a lot of things coming out that I was super excited about. We had the partnership with Cloud10 that we were going to announce. And um, when we finally get that out there, you know, for me, it's kind of like a graduation for Dear Alby, right? We got excited about where the show's headed. For the first time, you got people that are really taking an interest on a more professional level about what we're doing and what we built, you know, and I'm really proud of that. We'd never, you know, have looked at the show as something that, could go to a level that, you know, is, is, is just more of a mainstream thing. We were just kind of having fun. So the idea that, like, it's kind of like being on Wayne's World, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, something that I'm really proud of and happy to be a part of and, and 
it's something I just enjoy. So when we put that announcement out, um, we had a lot of comments from people, you know, strangers, and these are things that you get used to in this day and age, but especially coming up on reality TV, you get used to it. Uh, people saying to us and our, our new partners, hey, well, you know, um, you know, why don't you have your mom come on and talk about how you guys beat up your aunt with a bunch of baseball bats? Which is obviously crazy. For a lot of different reasons, that's crazy. And, you know, you shake it off. You learn to ignore these things. People are just kind of ignorant. People just like to get under your skin. People like to troll. We get it, okay? But it just kind of kept going. For some reason, this time, it, it impacted me a little bit differently because of the way people were responding towards me specifically, saying, well, why don't you have it on the podcast? You should talk about it on the podcast. You're so not afraid to talk about things on the podcast. Why are you ignoring this? So I do my thing, the thing that I like to do, is try to take that, these people that have no idea what the hell they're talking about and kind of turn it on them, right? And give me and my brother, it's, my brother especially has been working like crazy to get this one spot open and uh, this one venue. Um, and it was the culmination of a lot of really, really, you know, just hard work and stressful things that we put into to this one particular event space. And finally, when it gets open, um, you know, it's a really emotional thing. So me and Chris have a great conversation. I post something about that too. And the same people are coming out again. And they're using me not responding to them as somehow kind of like it's emboldening them. I could see it. It's obvious. So I think it's something to do. And it's hysterical. Immediately. Just in that moment. And at the same time, yeah, you know, I'm really bothered that this is coming in. You're getting legit, like, straight up death threats in your DMs. And you're just trying to, you know, frankly... Keep your head down, work hard, and that's that, you know? So I do something I don't really usually do, and I respond to him. I said, you know what? Paraphrasing here, but, you know, for anybody that thinks this is your chance to kind of put some clown-ass comment, like you know something, I'm not silent, I'm busy. But then things get a little weird. You know, these people are quite literally talking about the podcast, they're talking to my new partners on the podcast, saying the podcast should be canceled and all this other stuff. And then I'm reading all over in the press that I'm going to use my current family's situation in the press for ratings and for profit and to my advantage and all this other stuff. And I'm reading this and it's like I'm in a bizarro world because I'm pretty, you know, it's crazy. Now, in the comments, too, I also go and I support my mom because, honestly, she's had a heck of a go of it, and we'll get into the reasons why and all that stuff in a second. But I'm reading this, and it's like, what are you even talking about? Like, I'm not even talking about you. And in this moment, it's like, okay, let's let's grab something, okay, and let's make it about something completely different for what? It suits a narrative? Seriously, I'm seriously sitting there just shocked. And now all of a sudden, the next wave of things start rolling in. Oh, Albie, you're not an advocate against domestic violence? What are you talking about? And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, guys, this is like, people just got to just, I don't even know where this is coming from, but it's very, very clear to me that people don't necessarily even care about what I said or who I was saying it to. The way it's put out there, it's crazy irresponsible. The way the press put, puts it out there. But it's sexier. It means something. You know, hey, it's a storyline. It's a continuation of something that, frankly, 
none of you even know what you're talking about. And then we land in this place where, you know, I see that it's my aunt that's putting that out there. That's saying, hey, this is a storyline he's doing on his podcast for profit. I'm quite literally not even talking to you. Literally. I'm not referencing what is going on. I'm not talking about all of this stuff. I mean, I do plan on referencing one thing. Obviously, what everyone's been saying to my mother. And give a little bit of context. And we'll do that. But I think for me, you know, you just have a right to go at people on the same platform that they're attacking. But I don't necessarily understand how that becomes... I had, you know, what, 15 years of reality TV drama and stories I had a front row seat to. And now is the time I'm waiting to capitalize on, on things for ratings. Now's the time. I waited, what, three years for the show? Whatever, however long we're in this for. But this was the moment that I said, this is my aha moment. Here's when we're going to cash in. This is what I waited for. That's what's going on here. So to stick to some of the stuff, okay, you got a ton of hate thrown our way because... My mother wrote a letter advocating for my uncle to be uh, released from holding to await the trial you know, regarding this situation of what he's accused of being involved with, with my aunt. And for so many reasons, to give you guys some perspective, the last year has been extraordinarily weird and just kind of strange and a confusing place to be. And here's what I don't ultimately understand. Just because you think there's a feud on a TV show, that when I hear something horrible happen to somebody that I'm related to, do you guys really sit, think that we're sitting back and we're excited about that? We're cheering about it? We're happy this happened? Further, do you also think that whoever is responsible for this, no matter who it is, we wouldn't want that person in jail? This is what I don't understand. This isn't about family drama. Okay? This isn't about, okay, who's, who, who, who on the family are you more loyal to? This is a right and wrong situation. No one's saying that. But for a week, everyone's coming at us saying just the craziest, craziest, craziest things. Warping anything they think they might have read. Getting it completely, twisting it around like it's a bad movie. And changing up the characters and reaching out to people saying, who did this and who did this? And I got news for you. Putting this stuff out on social media is just flat out irresponsible. And we know how this game works. We know how people are going to react. We know it's a headline read without context and let's go and make a move somewhere else. We know how it works. So it's, you know, almost unfair to expect otherwise. And I don't. But after a while, it's like, you know what? Fine. But that's kind of the theme of this whole thing for me that's really, really bothersome. Nobody waits anymore. You know, somebody actually, and I'm keeping every single thing anybody writes. I'm not blocking a damn thing. Somebody writes saying it's kind of housewives logic to take, uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's housewives, this is well put and, and it's funny because I don't even know what exactly it is they're referring to, but they, they say it's kind of the theme of housewives to take loyalty over logic. And I see that here. And it's a really strange thing to go through. Because if you look at my week, and all the things that are being said about me that are just completely distorted. I can't even imagine how my mom is dealing with what she's dealing with. And this is why I respect my mother so much. 
for everything that she's dealing with right now. Because she made a choice that she knew going in was going to be extraordinarily unpopular, could have been easily twisted into something that it isn't. But she made it anyway, because she felt it was the right thing to do. And that's the thing, okay? When we're sitting around and you make a decision to write a letter on someone's behalf, there's a process. We're watching this play out just like all of you. And you know what it is? And she's already said this. You know whose side we're on? The truth. Let the process play out. Whatever it is, okay? Let it land, and you go from there. And before we say, oh, hey, what your mother's going through, what about your aunt? No kidding. I'm not comparing one person's experience to another. We're not trying to compare what mom's going through to what Aunt Dina went through. No one's even saying that. And that's exactly my point. We're in such a rush to make this about two people that you guys saw on a reality television show. That's not what this is. But to act like this is easy, we're sitting around and, oh, my God, like, yeah, this is just a, a storyline. Do you think for a second, okay, that all the charges against my uncle get dropped tomorrow, that we're sitting around, like, that's a result? Find whoever did this. Whoever is involved in this should go to jail, period. My mother wrote a letter based on the character of my uncle as we know him. The facts as we've seen them, as we know him in his life. Is he, it's about one thing. Is he a threat to society? The answer is no. We believe that answer is no. He'll have his day in court, and that's where it is. But I look at that flat out. To take that and say, okay, well, this means that this is some kind of a, a, a betrayal. It's a very simple question. We don't believe the man's a danger to society. If for some reason this whole thing plays out and the facts suggest differently, we will be the most shocked of everybody. We will be the most upset of everybody. I can't fathom a world where that's a real thing, but it's not the guy we know. And when it comes down to the letter two, she wasn't the only person that wrote one. He had character letters come in from all walks of life, from everywhere. You had police officers, you had judges, you had former clients, former co-workers, you had politicians, you had priests writing letters, all talking about the character of the man that they know. Everybody. And we single out moms. So what do you know? You're doing the same thing that I'm doing, sitting back and watching. The only thing that I can judge anything on, okay, is the people how I know them. That's it. Okay, so um, there's about another five, six minutes left to that uh, podcast, to that recording from Albie, but I'm pretty sure that you, by now, you get the gist of it all. And um, yeah, it kind of takes me back to a time where Andy Cohen was asking Caroline Menzo at the reunion what happened to her father-in-law, you know, and uh, Caroline always, you know, she strikes us as this intelligent person, intelligent woman, who usually, you know, questions um, the truth, right? And when Andy was kind of like forcing the issue and wanting to understand more as to what happened to her father-in-law years and years ago, Caroline was dancing around the question, right? She basically admitted that uh, the circumstances around his death was uh, were um, suspicious, but she never she never admitted to it being what was on everybody's mind at that time, right? So, you know, when Albie says we're on the side of the truth, I don't know exactly what truth they're what truth they're referring to, but yeah, 
so <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys on that that's all I have for today as always guys be a fan not fanatical ciao